Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Jake Snake Roberts, and you're listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. Locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. This is the professional low-key. And you are listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. One of our most popular guests of all time. Legitimately one of the most respected and feared men in all of pro wrestling. For sure. My man, Mr. Lowkey. How are you, bro? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again. Well, it is a pleasure as always. You know, every time you come on... People can't stop talking about it because you're going to give a lot of quotes. You're going to provide a lot of education. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, months and months of debates uh, dissecting everything that you say is what happens after you (laughs) come on the show. So it's really interesting. Always a blessing to have you on. Um, Thank you. Last week, we had Bobby Fish who was literally just days away from uh, the battle with you at the River City Wrestling Con down there in Jackson, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. Florida there. Um, now, Bobby said that he's still kind of recovering, but he had a good time from that match. What mm-hmm. say you? How did that go for you, Loki? Well, uh, matching up against Bobby Fish 11 years after the first encounter, uh, several years after welcoming him, into pro wrestling noah i was there before he was so i was there when he first arrived in japan i've seen him advance as an in-ring competitor as a as a an adult pro athlete um i've always gotten along with him even though i know some don't understand him but the real martial artists are the ones that seem to click the, the wannabes, the entertainers, the clout chasers, they click together themselves. But the real martial artists, the real Olympians in what we do, we seem to click rather easily. Because the bottom line is you make a mistake and the danger is very real. So we don't really dwell on nonsense. So matching up against Bobby Fish 11 years after the first encounter... Oh, he was very much farther advanced than that first encounter. His uh, his targeting, his in-ring control, his in-ring um, targeting as far as attention, his in-ring awareness was much sharper. So this is a testament to his experience in over a decade's worth of time. Now, being in the ring with Bobby, I treat him no differently than anyone else. He's my opponent. It's my job to beat him. But when you can match up against somebody who respects what they do to bring out their best to match up against you, that's when the real magic begins. There were levels to that match, and it was really such a treat to watch. I mean, legitimately a match of the year candidate. 
my favorite match of the year, period. You you started off, there was a lot of um, mat-based work, a lot of grappling. Mm-hmm. And then as it progressed, you eventually opened it up where a lot of the more, you know, serious uh, high flying, you jumping up in the air, kicking them in the head and things of that nature there. A lot of the more serious, deliberate, trying to, you know, hurt your opponent so you can get them down for the one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that was incorporated later in the match. But when mm-hmm. you finally did incorporate it into the match, it just brought the match up, like, again, levels. It was step by step. Mm-hmm. Why don't we see that? Uh in general, in wrestling, why is that no longer a standard? Because there was a time when you would build a match like that. And, and it just seems like it's a lost art these days. Oh, very simple. People are incompetent. They don't train. They want to sit here and fake, fake it till they make it. And they have a lot of bunch of other people who are actually buying into their bullshit. So what you're seeing on television is a lot of fraudulent behavior. It's a lot of clout chasers who want people to make them feel good about themselves when they're literally not qualified to be in that ring. As far as me and Bobby are concerned, we're craftsmen. We actually train and do things for a living. This is our living. This is not a weekend job. This is not a hobby. We're actually serious about what we're doing. So when you're matching up against other people who are serious, you treat it with respect. Why you're not seeing what me and Bobby can do, reasonably what I can do, is because people don't care about what they're doing. They don't respect themselves enough to actually respect the other person that they're actually involved with. And that's when you get into things like when fighters don't make weight, how the other opponent will call them non-professional. This is an agreed upon endeavor. And then you're going to show up incapable or underprepared for what you agreed to do. So to answer your question, it's lack of training. People are simply incompetent and they're forcing their way onto television, making people believe that this is what needs to be accepted. There was a moment in the very beginning of the match where one of the fans was getting pretty rambunctious Mm -hmm. and uh, Bobby rolled out of the ring and had some words with him and what have you. What what, what happened there? I don't know if you want to talk about it or not, but I have to ask the question. Well, what happened there? To address the the young man in the crowd, while Bobby and I are feeling each other out, you can see we're, we're testing our range, we're testing the clinch, so we're doing nothing out of the ordinary. But this young man in the audience, in the front row, decides to draw her attention by saying, this isn't Conor McGregor versus whoever he was trying to say. The difference is, for a lot of people, is I can sense almost everybody in the building when I'm in the ring. So, I noticed that, and then I sent Bobby after him. I told Bobby, he's right behind you. Go get him. I have nothing against Bobby or the fan, but anybody who wants to be disrespectful while real (laughs) professionals are in there. Remember, the cage is not for you. The cage is containing us. So you need to show respect. I sensed him and sent Bobby after him. Bobby went and addressed him in a nice, simple way, just to establish respect. And even then, if you hear on camera, 
that young man, after he said whatever he said about Conor McGregor, there's somebody who was right next to him who said, shut up, asshole. And then the crowd laughed. So when people are watching something that they're intensely and concentrating on with focus, and they're interrupted by somebody who looks like they're disrespectful, they will turn on them and defend. But with Bobby, I sent him out after him just to address him. He addressed him like a professional. He wasn't rude. He wasn't disrespectful to him. And then we returned back to business where you can see I advanced on the ropes. I was going to open the ropes for him to let him back in. But the referee had cut me off. So believe me, anywhere in the building, I can find you. And you certainly will. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's no question about that. And that young man learned a valuable lesson. He, he settled down after that. So, well, he uh, actually, if you listen closely to the video, you can hear him on camera going, how did he hear me? How did he know? It's because of me. I can hear and I can recognize a lot of different signaling and a lot of different energy in the room. Speaking of energy, you have a battle coming up against uh, Suzuki. Yes. L legitimately a battle of two icons two people who have been mimicked for decades. Uh, a lot of this current generation owes a lot to you and Suzuki just in terms of how to present yourself if you want to be serious about a sports-like presentation in the ring where it looks like two people are fighting. You two guys stand out above most of the rest in that regard there. So how does it feel after all these years to... Again, going to be able to tangle with this guy because you, you've butted heads before, right? No, this oh. will be the complete first encounter. Incredible. I always thought that you guys had battled before, at least no. in Japan. No, oh, wow. I've been around long enough. I wrestled his teacher. I wrestled against Toshiaki Fujiwara when I was in zero one. <laughs> so I've gone against his teacher, not against him as the student. So is that is that the story here? You, you, you've already battled the teacher. Now you're going to uh, discipline the student as well? Well, it's not an issue of discipline. This is pure sport. He's a catch wrestling legend. I'm a pro wrestling legend, but I'm more of a modernized prototype. So this is going to be a clash of generations, for one. It's going to be a clash of... Indiv individuals that were in their own uh, path for, for becoming who they are. And on top of that, extremely high level skill is catch wrestling is not something that should be taken lightly. Catch wrestling is extremely dangerous to those who don't understand how to deal with it. So with all due respect, I'm ready to bang. How do you get yourself to a point where you still want to do this? Because it's not like you have to. I mean, you're you're a guy who is a trainer now. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to talk about it in a few moments here, but you've been putting together events and match cards and things of that nature, both in pro wrestling and in MMA. Yes. To, to continue to compete in a wrestling ring. What gets you up to the point where you still want to do this? Well, there's, there's things that I can create that no one else can. I actually understand my craft from the inside out. 
So I actually am classically trained on top of being one of the people who've modernized it throughout the past 25 years. So I'm, I'm fully equipped to do what is appropriate for the environment. The difference is creatively, there's almost no one on my level only because I'm classically trained and have succeeded from the inside out. So I know things that most people will never be able to understand. I know things from personal insight that most people who are in this will never be able to understand because there's levels to this. This is not just a fake it till you make it type of endeavor, although you have a whole bunch of people attempting it, which is a shame because now you have an oversaturation of low standards and people are suspecting that this is what needs to be accepted. It isn't. You know, it's interesting because, and I, I touched upon a little bit before, but the River City Wrestling Con mm -hmm. uh, turned into one of the more premier pro wrestling conventions in the entire nation, if not the entire world there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kudos to the father and son duo there, uh, uh, Sam and, and Nick Batay. Yes, they've managed to put on a, a fantastic, family-friendly, safe, mm -hmm. entertainment, enjoyable uh, uh, experience there. And something that I've found very interesting is that you have taken it upon yourself to offer your services. So you've assisted with putting together the actual wrestling portion of the River City Wrestling Con. Yes, and the marks that you're receiving for that have been through the roof. I mean, people really are finding the wrestling to be something that uh, is worth watching because again, it's being presented in a serious manner, thought out um, quality match matches, quality matchups, even on paper. It's really mm -hmm. cool. I mean, how, how does that feel? Talk to me about, you know, taking off the wrestling hat for a brief moment and, and kind of, going into the matchmaking and, and putting things together and then receiving high praise for it. Well, one, I'm not aiming for praise. I'm aiming for doing the job correctly. That's what everyone screws up. I'm not doing anything just for the sake of doing it. I'm doing it for a result. I'm doing it for a purpose. What I do is the highest level of what you're seeing. The unfortunate part is you've got a lot of imitators and a lot of frauds because they're easily entertaining to emotionally weak people. So that's one. Two, I'm not insulting anybody's intelligence. And in doing so, I'm not insulting the intelligence of my roster, the men and women who are going to be in that ring. So I'm going to challenge them to test their skills. Some people will rise to the occasion. Some people won't. You do well, you stick around. You don't do well, you're gone. This ain't rocket science. And we're not here to babysit nobody. That's what a lot of these companies have turned into. They've turned into playgrounds and daycare centers. That's not what I do. What I'm doing is showing everybody that there's a different way on how to do this. And the way that I'm doing it is the correct way. I don't sacrifice my people. I don't disrespect the people who are actually showing up and paying their money. And then I'm also not disrespecting the event. There's a collective gathering of individuals and people going to business for themselves. 
can have an adverse effect on other people who have absolutely nothing to do with them. So I'm literally educating people from inside and outside of the ring how this can work and how this can actually turn into a positive environment as opposed to all the negative imitation over and over again of negative behavior. It doesn't need to continue, yet everyone is still behaving the same way like it's 1980, mimicking the old carnival behavior. I've modernized everything. I use military-level intelligence to get things done. Most of these people are mentally lazy, on top of physically lazy. So, the only people who are going to survive with us are the people genuinely, appropriately prepared to do the job. You, you've brought along some of your students... And, mm-hmm. you know, even some of them have competed on the card as well. But just th- there's a photo that was posted yes. of you with your students and everyone is dressed to the nines, so to speak. And they're, they're dressed up like professionals. You know, mm-hmm. literally, I, I, I think I tweeted out the professional keys because <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, yes. that's what it is. How do you feel when you reflect back and you see stuff like that? I mean, the photo itself, you, you were in it, so you were mm-hmm. living it. But now that we're we've had a couple of weeks away from it and you can reflect, look at it, think about it. How does it feel? Well, I'm proud of my kids. They, they, I know what they've gone through. And then I know what they've gone through before arriving at the events. Then being on the events are a different thing because the style of events that river city was or were, was more of a television style length day, which these days are long. Uh, As athletes, it's very difficult with the hot and cold on your body. Um, The activities in there, trying to keep track of stuff. So some of that can be overwhelming to people who are not prepared for that. They all did well. They all succeeded in their matches as far as their outputs, their technical, uh, technical accuracy, on the things that they train in, the things that we speak of. Um, my girls, uh, Tiny and Persia, um, you've known me long enough. I'm the advocate for the girls, but my girls are not to be played with. So they held their own against the Renegade Twins. They also held their own individually in uh, uh, other matches on day two, including Persia headlining. So I'm advancing my kids by challenging them at this stage, considering that they're fairly novices, they're fairly inexperienced. It's important for them to be challenged because they need to see whether or not what they're working on and what they're training in is suitable for where they want to go. Well, I'll tell you right now. I mean, first of all, tiny, um, if I could describe her to anyone who may not have seen her work yet, mm-hmm. she is she has the presence and the explosiveness of a of a Rusev, a.k.a. Miro. But mm-hmm. she has the wrestling acumen and, you know, just the 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 wrestling intelligence of a Chad Gable. I mean, mm-hmm. she's a, she's incredible. I mean, and, and especially for somebody who is, quote unquote, undersized. Uh, mm-hmm. To a certain degree, in there, she just she's no one to be played with. You don't want her to tangle you up because you're going to be in trouble. She can lift anybody up and throw them out of the out of the whole building. Uh, mm-hmm. So she's special, man. And, and then you have Persia, who 
pound for pound, I'm telling you right now, and, and I sent you a message and let you know too, I spend a lot of time focusing on pro wrestling and mm-hmm. I'm an advocate for women's wrestlers. And when you're in that position, you're afforded access. So I see wrestling from all over the world. I literally, I keep up with all the top women, all the women who are just breaking in and everybody in between. And a lot of them come on the show. So it's, you know, it's, it's clear that that's something I'm focused on. Pound mm-hmm. for pound, Persia is as good as anybody else right now on any women's roster in any company. And specifically her aggressiveness mm-hmm. and her attention to detail and the deliberate manner by which she goes about doing what she does in the ring. Because again, it's supposed to be a competition. The whole point is to win. But in order to win, you have to weaken your opponent and get them to the point where they succumb to your will. She checks all of those boxes mm-hmm. flawlessly, by the way. And I've seen her stuff before. She's no stranger. <laughs> I've mm-hmm. seen her stuff before. What Persia is doing right now, I'm telling you, it's as good as anything anyone will see out there right now. Well, thank you. It's a testament to her work ethic. As long as I've known her, she's almost been the perfect student, similarly to Stephanie Vacker in 2021, as far as personal motivation, personal work ethic. It's rare that you have to correct or have to say something a second time. Because the attention to detail is almost laser sight. And with Persia, this is it's an important thing to me because I understood what was happening. Now, before she was introduced to me for training, she had trained with others. As far as I'm concerned, they were all abusing her. They were all attempting to use her for their own gain, yet they were sacrificing her physically for that gain. So to me, everyone who she trained with prior to me was trash. These are opportunists. These are wannabes. These are frauds. Now, she comes to me, but she comes to me with an idea. It's not just some random uh, hope. She wants to wrestle. She wants to fight. Okay. Be sure that's what you want. Because you're coming to the right place. That was in June of 2021. So just in the last week or the week before, it would have been two complete years training under me. She has been able to put in and accumulate more physical minutes of training than most supposed professionals that you have on television right now in six months she's probably accumulated more physical training minutes than most of these people have trained in two years i'm not training people who are just going to be on the card i'm training the main eventers the rule of thumb here is if they don't train with us they are on the menu This is not a game. We're not sitting here looking for clout. We're sitting here about to finish everybody. 
That's the mentality we have when we train. I'm not playing games. I'm not babysitting. I'm not entertaining. You're not here to make friends. You're here to finish. Well, and I'll just tell you right now, because that first of all, that's terrifying to hear you say that because <laughs> I know that you mean it. <laughs> and, and, and in the quality of their work, clearly they bought into the system. Um, mm-hmm. But to both Tiny and Persia, stick with it because I'm a very hypercritical person. When, mm-hmm. when I see something I don't like, I have no problem calling it out. And that's why a lot of people get irritated with me. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, people respect the fact that I'm consistent with that. I'm not going to call something good if it's not good. Yes. I'm telling you right now, those two young ladies right there, put them on TV, let's go. You know, that's that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what I don't know, but from what I see and I compare them to the field, I I would be very happy to see those two young ladies on TV on a weekly basis kicking somebody's ass. That's just, mm-hmm. it is what it it's is. A, it's a matter of time. And my my guidance with them is their path is not anyone else's. So they don't need to rush anywhere. Right now, it's about developing. I know how to build humans. I've done it for a long time. It makes it a whole lot easier when you have good people. And that's what I've been building. My boys are good. My girls are good. More importantly, they're good people. I don't waste my time with trash. This carnival lifestyle that everyone seems to want to adopt seems to attract the lowest standard you can imagine because everyone just goes along to get along. That's not what we do here. Real martial artists are always improving. That's what I do with my kids. If I've had her for two years, Persia's beyond two years worth of experience simply by the minutes she has accumulated. My, my boys were in a six-man tag on the second day of River City as an opener, and all of them got busy, and all of them drew attention, but all of them are relative low experience, yet you wouldn't be able to tell because of their physical output. What I do is I train the highest level of physical output for what we do. I'm the Olympic level. This is what I've been saying for a long time. But now I have others who are simply proving my point. Uh, You said you said a mouthful there. That's the truth. And and speaking of proving your point, you had told me two years ago Mm -hmm. that you had a vision. Yes. For putting on an event that would showcase mixed martial arts, you know, different disciplines of martial arts and showcase some of your students mm-hmm. and put other people in there as well and, and really put out a quality of martial arts unlike some of the stuff that we've seen out there which you know it's it's loose it's not as disciplined it's not as serious i'm a guy that goes all the way back to the very beginning of the old tough man competitions in the original uh-huh. ufc and even the, the karate stuff that used to be on early espn and abc uh-huh. wild world of sports and stuff like that. So I've followed um, mixed martial arts throughout my life almost as long as I've been following wrestling. Mm -hmm. So I know what discipline looks like and I know what dedication looks like. And and it's so commercialized now that unfortunately Mm -hmm. there are just a lot of people playing 
fighters as opposed to being fighters. So you said you were going to put on your own event. And I know that it's taken a, you took your time just like everything else because you want to do it right. But folks, July 9th, okay, the Grand Prix of Sport, Martial Arts Exhibitions. Yes. It is going down in Orlando, Florida. Talk to me about that, low key. You, 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 and your team have done it, right? Well, it's it's been a long time coming. It's not something that is easy to accomplish, but we're we're making it happen. So the Grand Prix of Sport will happen on July 9th in Orlando, Florida. In doing so, is going to be a display of five new rule systems and discipline challenges in order to have the winners declared. Now, this is the Grand Prix of sport. This isn't UWFI version number four, Battle Arts version number three. You know, I'm not trying to imitate something that's already in existence. This is something new. And this is catering more towards martial artists, true competitors, not entertainers, not sports action stars. These are martial artists. These are athletes, real athletes. Now, in doing so, the Grand Prix of Sport is entailing sport aspect. Now, if it's a sport aspect, you're going to see more discipline associated with winning because the rule systems are different. So... The rule systems that I have for the Grand Prix of Sport go as follows. Grand Prix submissions, which would be submit or draw as a time expiration. You have Grand Prix wrestling, pin or draw. And no, this is not your WWE three count. This is a downed opponent as a one count similarly in wrestling, Olympic wrestling, high school wrestling, collegiate wrestling. So there's more incentive to be extremely alert because you can lose rather quickly. Then there's Grand Prix striking. Grand Prix striking is knockdown or draw. The accumulation of knockdowns, similarly to a three knockdown rule in boxing, And the striking itself is to preserve uh, the fighters safely. So this would be Shotokan style of the collar and down striking availability. We have no head strikes here. And that's to preserve the sport aspect and the health of the people who are involved. Then you have Grand Prix grappling. Now this is slam or draw. So similarly to Greco, Judo, Sambo, your goal is to take your opponent off their feet and place them on their backs. Sloppy takedowns will not be accounted for. So your goal is to specifically place your opponent. And then finally, Grand Prix scoring. It's going to entail the other four disciplines, except you're going to have the ability to score Similarly, in BJJ tournaments, wrestling tournaments, your knockdowns are going to score. Your actual, uh, the time length taken to get up or to recover from a knockdown will also be taken into consideration. 
as a knockdown. If you get up by five, no penalty. As a knockdown, if you get up by eight, advantage is awarded to your opponent. So even if you're evenly scored at the end of time expiration, that one part, that one advantage awarded from the longer recovery off of a knockdown can easily allow your opponent to win. So I'm challenging the thinking associated with what the participants are going to be in the ring competing for, as well as a new framing of sport for the audience to witness and follow. Can we expect to see you competing or will you just be coaching at the Grand Prix? Well, since I'm the one who's created the ruling systems, my goal is to be the official during these bouts because I have to keep it extremely accurate to preserve the integrity of the bouts as well as to preserve the, the health of the participants. I have had someone express interest in me being in the ring, and if I do that, then I'll just have to assign another referee. But at the moment, I really want to be the official just so I can maintain the integrity of the bouts. I, I just... I'm pumped, man. I, I think this is going to be something <laughs> special. And this is just the beginning, right? I mean, you're, uh, you plan on putting on more of these events, right? Well, this is, at the moment, I'm not going beyond just this one day, only because of how much is involved in it. And I'm doing something special because, for me, it's a special day. I don't speak about my personal life much. The July 9th date is actually my father's birthday. He passed away in 2015, so this is a manner for me to honor him on his birthday. So that's an important thing to me, but it's more important for me to show the respect to the martial artists that I know and that I'm bringing in. I have really good people coming in for this. Tiny is a two-time freestyle college champion, Persia, four-time gold medal winner in the BJJ tournaments entered this year. I have uh, Ariel Dominguez, who is known from pro wrestling, but he's also a national uh, champion from UCF in wrestling. I have uh, Hoon Park, who's the head of J Park Martial Arts in Tampa, uh, multiple, multiple degree black belt in Taekwondo, Tommy Carpenter. I have him coming from Omega Martial Arts in Clearwater. He's a multiple degree black belt in Taekwondo and Nogi BJJ. Um, I have several of my students participating who have backgrounds. So what I'm doing is I'm actually getting the people who are actually qualified to be put in a situation like this and letting them figure out who's going to be the winner. We're going to see who knows what they know, and we're going to see who can survive. This is a new adventure. This is a new setting. This is a new format for what we do. But the bottom line is by earning respect for everyone involved, this is something completely different than what people associate me with in regards to pro wrestling. This isn't pro wrestling. This is real martial arts. What about the foreseeable future? I mean, do you have any major goals that you want to share? As far as the foreseeable future, I've been steadily helping people develop. 
So as the foreseeable future, it seems more likely I'm going to be more involved with the organization of things, the development of things. My in-ring, I'm not doing a lot of matches unless these are the real challenges that I want. I've had people offer matches that I'm just not interested in. I'm not interested in wrestling guys who accept money to beat up women. I'm not doing that. I'm not accepting money to, to be on somebody's show because they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to run their show, but they want me to help them. I'm not dealing with this. I literally just had to yell at somebody going, why the fuck am I listening to anybody who doesn't have more experience than me, but I got to sit here and listen to their opinion? Yeah, crickets. So um, I'm just not going to waste any much more of my time with anything that's not fulfilling. Me helping individuals develop, I'm real good at that. I've done it for myself. Me helping people organize events into a larger scale of respect and returns, yeah, I'm all about that. Me wrestling Suzuki at the end of the summertime, yeah, I'm all about that because these are challenges. These are all incredible challenges, but they all earn respect, and you don't have to degrade yourself in order to accomplish those. Everyone around me can tell. I'm not the one, but I am the one, because I'm the only one who's actually carrying things through. I'm the only one with five-dimensional viewing, so I'm the one who's getting things done, but just like you said earlier about your consistency, you've known me over 20 years or of me for over 20 years. I'm still consistent. You're literally the same guy. Like it's, it's not mm-hmm. even funny. You literally, I mean, you're, you're in better shape now, which is incredible to say but you're in better mm-hmm. shape now. Um, you definitely have picked up a couple of uh, new holds, so to speak over the 20 mm-hmm. years or what have you, but you're the same guy, man, the yeah. way that you present yourself both um, in the ring and outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. It's not a gimmick. This is who you are. Yep. So, you know, and I respect it. And, and speaking of that, I, I, I have to ask, and I know it's it's kind of a silly question to ask, but okay. there are people who don't understand. So I want to approach this from the right way here, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of educating. There are people who don't see the big deal with having men and women compete in matches against one another and i'm talking pro wrestling right now mm-hmm. um they don't see the big deal so well you know what's, what's wrong and i can tell you i've done a lot of research personally on how much of this stuff actually sells is there really a, an audience out there that are demanding mixed gender matches and across the board it's just not something that is successful especially not long term. You can hotshot something here and there, but for the most part, people just don't want to see that. So mm-hmm. there's that aspect of it. But you have a whole other layer of philosophy that I don't think people it they don't catch you at the right time to understand the philosophy. So, mm-hmm. let me ask you directly. Okay. As a as a martial artist, as a pro wrestler, as a professional, as a human being. Mhm. Why are you against men and women competing in matches against each other? If this is simulated combat, you are simulating combat versus a woman, which in turn is now visual abuse. 
These people are too fucking stupid to wake their asses up or to have good people around them actually tell them the truth. You're allowing a bunch of immature and emotionally weak humans to get away with this nonsense. Now, how are you going to explain to a four-year-old girl why that grown-ass man just ran across the ring and drop-kicked that girl in her face? Now she's selling, right? Oh, because this is entertainment. That little girl is not going to understand that this is entertainment. She's just going to believe what she just saw, which was that man run across the ring and drop kick that girl in the face. So for everyone who says, oh, yeah, there's a place for men and men and women to wrestle in the pro wrestling ring. You people have low standards. You have no integrity. On top of that, that makes me question you as a person because you're willing to pay money to watch a woman get beaten up. So, yeah, my philosophy, I live in the real world. I don't live in this fantasy land carnival nonsense that everyone has been adopting for as long as I've been around. So I actually deal with people as people. Just like I find it interesting. If I haven't been in impact wrestling since 2017... Why would people like Jeff Jarrett or Dutch Mantel be doing any interviews saying why I wasn't a a bigger star or why didn't I advance? To me, that tells me that they were a part of my non-advancement. If I haven't worked with them this long, if they're bringing up my name with some type of opinion, why would that be if I have nothing to do with them? So in regards to dealing with the people who want, uh, who say, oh, it's not a big deal. I've literally changed in the real world, the entire culture of a city, city block, because I understood how to protect women. I actually increased the business's revenue by doing that. I actually took the stress off of the law enforcement officers who are watching us by doing that. So everyone who's saying, no, it's not a big deal, they have no standards or low standards, and they're trying to emphasize that you need to accommodate their low standard behavior. That's not going to happen, especially when I've seen the proof time and time again. Persia is a living example. Tiny is a living example. Uh, Stephanie is a living example What happens when you actually care about them and protect them instead of trying to use them like objects instead of trying to use them as if you're supposed to gain something off of them? I tell all of them, I tell you the truth. From your experience, you tell me whether or not I was being honest. So I'm not micromanaging or forcing anybody to accept anything. When it comes to wrestling guys versus girls... There is no place for it, especially in pro wrestling. This isn't high school where the girls just don't have someone to compete with. These are people literally accepting money to to hurt girls. So that's a questionable thing about the environment. There's a danger to the women that's going on right now, and people are just downplaying it. That's what happens. If you downplay the safety of your women and the safety of your children, The environment is going to degrade. After that happens, you can't be mad with what you have.
So that puts that to bed right there, folks. <laughs> you heard it straight from the man. And I, and I agree. I agree 100%. Um, Nothing that I'm saying is to control or harm anybody. But because they're willfully advocating for this, they're lowering their standards and trying to pass it off as if it's a non-effect in the real world. It is. But they're just disregarding everyone else for their own personal gain. This is what I mentioned to you maybe in the last interview or the one before where I said that fuck the next man attitude. You better be real careful with that because that's what that looks like. And just wait. You don't want to be on the other end of getting caught. Well, and, and, and let's take it to the to the whole clear level here. Mm-hmm. Folks, do you want to see Brock Lesnar pick up uh, Charlotte Flair and give her 20 suplexes and mm-hmm. split her open with his elbow like he did to, to Cena and, and, and Orton? And things Orton. Like, because because there's, no, there's no line there. Nope. Right? If, 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 if we're just going to erase the line, then there's no limit. So that's, that's what we want to see out there. And I know that some of these goofballs on the deathmatch circuit, they do this sort of foolishness and, you know, well, that stuff. I'll address that right now. I'll, I'll put all that to bed right now. All of these deathmatch wannabes have just proven to everybody they don't want to wrestle. They can't wrestle. So they're going to go over here and create something to try, try to make a name for themselves. Why? By, by cutting yourself. This is the same bullshit from the grunge kids from the 90s that used to cut themselves because they were depressed. Now they're in the ring. So this deathmatch nonsense, there's no money in deathmatches. On top of that, there's no money in deathmatches for women. So now you got girls imitating this shit. This is what I mean. You degraded the environment. Now, oh, speaking of which, these deathmatch guys, I had to have set a guy's shoulder maybe a month or two ago, and he's doing this GCW show. Deathmatch guy, covered in scars, comes to me. Oh, shoulders out. What were you doing? Poison Rana. I'm looking at him like, one, you don't even train. Two, you're covered in scars, so that tells me exactly what you've been doing. And then three, the actual level of difficulty and safety requirement for your body to be able to tolerate the workload and impact off of a move like that, you were thinking that was okay to do. So your level of intelligence isn't that very high. So this is what I mean. You got people screwing around thinking that other people are just going to have to accept it. No. The reason I'm public enemy number one is I'm the only one who will gladly say no to everyone else and hold his position. So this nonsense with the, the death match, this is junk. This is trash. The fact that people are actually paying to see this shows you that they are masochists. They want to see somebody else go through this pain and they want to pay for it just as long as they ain't got to go through it. So this is all fulfillment of the same negative environment that's been in existence for a long time. Except now you got new generation of people who are underdeveloped socially, underdeveloped emotionally, yet they're being coddled and allowed for this to happen because most of the people who are in charge, these people have never done this. If you look at a lot of these events, the people who are promoters, the people who are bookers, a lot of them have never even been in the ring. And then you got these depressed people who want to cut themselves willfully accepting an opportunity to get an attention. So this all is garbage. 
This all is trash because this all is the same continuation of the same carnival culture that had a negative adverse effect on so many thousands of people, men and women, over the past 50 to 60 years. But no, the public goes about their business as long as it serves a purpose for their emotional well-being. I said it the last time I was on. The WWE is notorious in human trafficking. I'm not saying anything that isn't truth by definition. You can look it up on the UN's website. They're notorious for hiring people. Then when they get there, oh, we're going to go in another direction. Well, you signed the paper. Now you're a slave to them. So this all has to be addressed. But until the public is willing to change, you're just going to see the same negative stuff being amplified and advocated. Wow. If anyone wants to reach out to you, Loki, if anyone wants to keep up with what you have going on, what's the best way they can do that? <clears throat> well, simple way. I'm still on Twitter, which is at one, the word one, O-N-E, World Warrior. Uh, as far as being online, not really online because I'm usually busy training or teaching. So you can check things out at lowkey, L-O-W-K-I, or excuse me, L-O-W hyphen K-I dot com. And any as far as updates or things that I'm up to, you can usually find stuff up there. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm difficult to get in touch with just because I'm always busy doing stuff. Before I let you go, I got one mm -hmm. last question for you because w one of the big hits from the last time you were on, we talked about your time in Australia. Oh, yeah. I, I took a, a detour. You're going back to Australia, by the way, right? Yes. That'll be against Suzuki. <sighs> See that, folks? It, it, it was meant to be. It's, it's that time of year again. Um, <laughs> but I asked you about the food out there, and you gave you gave a really interesting answer, it was, it was, which is mm -hmm. pretty cool. People were very surprised because they never heard you talk about food before. So mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you one last question here. At right. home, at home, when you want to indulge in something, you want to have a good meal, um, <laughs> and I know I know indulgence is not is not a word associated with low key because you're so disciplined. But come on, if uh -oh. if you want to indulge, what are, what are you snacking on? What are you eating, and why? <laughs> well, see, this is the problem with me. There's no such thing as leftovers. I'm a machine, so I'm just inhaling calories if I get a chance to. So. I'm the kind of guy who can sit and eat two pizzas by himself. And I'm not talking about personal pans. I'm talking about two 18-inch pies I can do in one sitting. Uh, burgers. One of, the, one of the spots I used to have in Tampa, I would go there and have a double burger that was probably six to eight inches tall. Um, so standard foods, I just go in volume. So... As far as something that really I'm always attracted to is usually pizza. Um, but if not pizza, then it's just burgers loaded up on burgers. I'm not much of a snacker because I'm usually eating like fruit. So I don't really go for the sweet tooth unless I'm just uh, craving uh, like just a cookie or something like that. But for the most part, my diet's pretty healthy, but the, the killer is just the volume. So as far as being at home, if I want to pick out on something, it's probably going to be like uh, pizza. 
probably just load up on that and then <clears throat> just marvel at the the person who's delivering looking for whoever else is going to eat the pies all right so so what is the and we'll end on this what is the low key pizza order let's let's go with that if i want to if <laughs> oh, i want to get a this is where you're probably going to have the crowd torn uh-oh yeah okay see me i'm simple i don't have a lot of complicated stuff as far as my pizzeria that i like going to around here is called uncle matios so what i'll do is i'll have um fresh mozzarella uh roasted garlic roasted basil or basil on top now have jamaican jerk chicken with the jerk spices on there balsamic vinegar as the glaze going over the top and pineapple on it so i know some people don't like it i happen to do but the mixture of the flavoring on top of the sauce that's used which the sauce i think in the pairing that i get is usually the olive oil pesto so it's not a red sauce it's a lighter one so as far as the accumulation of the different tastes the combination of them together it's a really really good pizza i'm gonna have to try that because you're, you're <laughs> you got sweet you have savory, a little bit of salty with the mozzarella uh, mm-hmm. and the pesto. Pesto can be salty and, and what have mm-hmm. you. Wow, that that is a hell of a uh, pizza order. Hey, man, I'm, I'm good with food. <laughs> I'm the one who's usually taking people to places. Wow. Okay, folks. So that's, you know what? We're going to call this the low-key challenge. <laughs> Literally hashtag low-key challenge. Let's see. Um, if you order a low key pizza from your favorite pizzeria, take a picture. Let, let's let's see and, and, and give a review because I'm curious. Yes. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it this weekend. Uh, okay. Personally, uh, either Friday or Saturday is usually my pizza night. So this right. weekend, I am going to order a pizza exactly how you said. And, All right. Uh, we're going to find out what's going on because I I know these flavors and I'm a foodie. I'm I'm, I'm okay. very big on on food and and those flavors definitely match. So this is. <laughs> Okay. In all fairness, in all fairness, I haven't seen him in a long time. I introduced that combination to Kingston, Eddie Kingston, and he was against it at first because he heard the pineapple thing. And a lot of people just have a thing for pineapple on pizza not being acceptable. After he tried it, he converted. <laughs> You just told Eddie Kingston's biggest secret in life. He eats pineapple <laughs> on his pizza. <laughs> uh, well, he could deny that all he wants. I was in the house. I know the truth. Eddie Kingston, what are the OGs going to say now, brother? <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. He got a little bit of a belly on him. You know that he's worked a pizza or two in there. <laughs> yeah, well, what's your excuse, bro? You, you, I mean, Jesus, you got I'm more trying. That's why I'm eating two years ago. Oh, that's it. That's it. You're yeah. trying. <laughs> I'm trying to catch up to everyone else. You, you said undersized before. I've been undersized my entire life. Well, listen, man, you, you haven't gotten very far since, though. I mean, you know, <laughs> Jesus. You, you look better today than you did 20 years ago. There's no, no two ways about it. You got more abs than you ever did, uh, mm-hmm. despite the fact that you're a pizza guy. So, Yep. Oh, that, that kills everybody. Watching me walk out with a box or two. Watching me walk out with a burger or two. Oh, yeah, everyone's upset. Incredible. Incredible. And there you have it, folks. I mean, we, we took you on a journey there and took you to some places you didn't even think you were going to go. 
Mm-hmm. The man known as Loki. I respect you. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you once again for joining Duke Loves Wrestling. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Let's talk hydration. See, I carry something to drink with me every single place that I go because I am concerned about being dehydrated. It runs in the family. Everything from dry mouth, dizzy spells, fainting. It's pretty serious. And I've tried all the different types of waters and sports drinks. Let me tell you something right now. Liquid IV. That has been the most efficient at keeping me hydrated and doing so pretty quickly. Okay, Liquid IV has five essential vitamins and is two times faster at keeping you hydrated than water alone. And I'm serious, man. Everything from vitamin C to vitamins B3, B5, B6, B12. Liquid IV also is non-GMO, so it's free from gluten, dairy, soy. So for all you folks out there with food allergies, this may be right up your alley. And I know what you're thinking, but how does it taste, Duke? Well, it tastes pretty good. Okay, we're talking my favorite in pina colada. They also have tropical punch, strawberry, new flavors like sea berry and strawberry lemonade. Huh. You can enjoy this stuff, man. But don't take my word for it. I want you to stop what you're doing right now and head over to liquidiv.com. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling so you get 20% off your entire order. I mean, anything that you order on liquidiv.com. So what are you waiting for? It's time for you to shop better hydration today. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling over at liquidiv.com. Save yourself 20%. Stay hydrated. Most importantly, enjoy life. That's right. Be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Duke Loves Wrestling, Facebook, Gmail. Let me know what you think. Twitter, Duke Loves Wrestling. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Loves Wrestling.